0: You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. I am thrilled to have my dear friend and amazing realtor, Rachel Brockstein here with me today. Rachel and I are going to be talking a little bit about how to gain momentum in real estate. And to get started, I just want you to
0: introduce yourself. Well, hello everybody. I am Rachel Brockstein. I am a I am a agent and agent, however you want to say that. And I um, let's see. I started in real estate about six years ago on the agent side, but I was actually a pre-closer for about five years before that. And so I've been in it for a little over a decade now and also got to watch it my entire life because my family's been in it since the 70s. So I have seen a lot of shifts, a lot of changes going on in Atlanta, and it's been an interesting ride so far for me. Nice. So um, one thing that I just want to compliment
1: you on before we get started so people can know a little bit about you, at least from my lens, I think uh, some of the traits that I admire most in you are your assertiveness, I feel like you have a lot of ingenuity, you're creative, and you work really hard. And that was why I wanted to bring you in today to talk to you about gaining momentum in real estate. I know a little bit about your story. We've been friends through the years. I've seen you in the early phases of your real estate career. Yes, you definitely have. (laughs) And I've seen you now. And I cannot tell you how much growth I've seen But I also know that that journey was not necessarily easy. No. And so I would love if you could just kind of share a little bit about the journey of getting started the first year to two years. And, you know, um, a little bit about how you had
0: to kind of stick with it in the beginning, as most of us do. It's not easy. So, yeah, I mean, I think that. I was actually just having this conversation the other day with an agent I know very well. And it's really tough because in our industry, let's not kid ourselves, we are probably our own worst enemies in a lot of ways. Like we are competitive in our own minds to or against ourselves. And we look at our other friends and we're so excited for them. But we, we can't help being, oh, my God, they're selling $30 million and I'm at one because it's my first deal, <laughs> you know, whatever. But right. it's hard to always see that there's just such a huge – you know, gap in terms of what people are doing, and so even when you're doing really well, sometimes you don't feel like you are, and that can be really defeating in a lot of ways, so for me, when I first started, I actually had just come out of working five different jobs, and I had switched into getting my real estate license full-time, and I kept one job which was I was working nights at a restaurant and I was doing real estate during the day. And I made a deal to myself that I could not give up that restaurant job until I knew that I could pay my bills from real estate. Right. So, you know, I was still working two jobs, but I basically was just running constantly trying to, you know, make moves and and make sure I was touching base with as many people as possible and really throwing myself into the industry. And I think that in the early years It's really tough because everybody has a different kind of leg to stand on. So some people start off with fabulous connections or they have a partner who's able to give them immediate um, leads in certain ways. Other people join a team and they get leads that way. Some people join certain brokerages which will feed them leads. I actually chose to go with a brokerage that is really strong in terms of education and in terms of training and development, but not necessarily a lead-driven brokerage. And I also chose to do it on my own, which was a big choice. And sometimes I wonder if that was, you know, always the smartest because those first years were lean. But I'm really glad that I did because I did it as an individual and I made a really big promise to myself that I was going to build a sustainable business. And so that was super important to me. And I did it on my own. And that's, you know, I'm very proud of that at the end of the day.
1: Awesome. And at, at what point in your career, real estate career, because we see <laughs> you've had a long track record here. Um, at what point do you feel like you kind of saw that pivot
0: where you thought, okay, I've got this going now, and I think I'm starting to get that momentum. Where- I think it was really about three years, in all honesty. And it's so funny, because everyone told me when you start real estate, one to three years is what it takes to build your business. Right. And that's the you know the constant trope, and you hear it, and you hear it. And I saw in the first two years my business growing, and actually I doubled my business every year for the first few years. And it still continued to not quite double, but pretty close to it, which has been great. But um, you know, it was really interesting to me because when I got to year three, it really it, it definitely saw a shift and a click. And, you know, that's when you start getting your repeat clients. That's when you start getting referrals from, you know, I, I jokingly say you're going to become better friends with your clients than your cl- your friends are not going to become your clients in the beginning. And it's so true. You know, my friends would refer me, but they weren't ready to use me at the very, very beginning, except mm. for a couple people. It was people I was referred to. And those have become really great friends of mine through the process because how can you not when you're dealing with such a personal development of, you know, you're seeing them in their their literal natural habitat. Right. And some of those people become your best referral sources because they're like your base clients. Exactly. And so three years in, I really noticed that I felt a marked difference in not just the growth, but I would say more of the um, organic discussion and and my name being thrown out a lot more. And it was really gratifying because I I do throw my all into it, so it was really nice to see that come back a different way.
1: So I think there's a lot to play on in what you just said in reiterating the fact that you were consistent during the time that it was hard or it didn't seem fruitful. Um, How would you attribute consistency and persistence and being steadfast to what you said you were going to do to your success that you finally did start feeling like you were reaching in year three?
0: I would say there's one thing people know about me is I am a dog with a bone, so I am nothing if not persistent, and we'll continue on in the face of absolute um, idiocy. But (laughs) Um, I think that consistency is probably the most important thing any agent can do in their business. And I always notice that when I'm in a lull or a little bit less of – where I wanna be uh, professionally, it's usually because I've slacked off in consistency somewhere. So typically I got busy somewhere and I let something drop and you know, that's happens, it's natural, especially if you think about the first half of this year when we were all just mm-hmm. running ragged. Um, So I think that just that return to consistency and that constant um, choice to prioritize, you know, making sure you're doing the right touches, you're making sure you're also taking care of those relationships and, and, you know, feeding those relationships. Because to me, you know, everybody looks at this business differently. You've got the burn and churn agents, you've got the transaction agents, you've got your volume agents, like everybody looks at it differently. I truly do look at it as a relationship build business. and. The whole reason why I got into it in the first place because I saw people not getting taken care of well, and I thought, you know what? If a terrible agent can do this well, I at least want to make sure the people I love and the people that they love are taken care of well, and I can also get a living out of it, so that's nice. <laughs>
1: that's a great point, um, and I love that you hit on the relationships being something that you built your business on as well. So consistency was part of it, but also relationships yeah. were a driver for you, and I think that's something that you do really well Um, what Uh, are some of you, Kate, obviously. Oh gosh.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know.
1: What are some of the things that you felt propelled you forward most in your career? Uh, things that you did
0: as a real estate agent that you felt you saw the most yield from, you know, I would say there's kind of two different answers to that because one is I am a very education-based realtor. Um, so, and in fact, other agents will tease me because I am like a teacher constantly. And, mm-hmm. But the reason why is because I think that uh, providing that education to my clients is really important for them to make good investment choices. And not everybody's looking at this as, you know, just a home. Some people it is purely as an investment and other people it's purely emotional, even though I think it should be a bit of both personally. But that being said, For me, providing and being that teacher, if you want to call it a teacher, but that educational role has been really paramount to the type of business I do. And I think that it's really yielded a lot of that, um, you know, again, going back to that consistency and creating those relationships, but it really has been very pivotal in, in how I approach everything. And then, you know, I would also say just you have to shift. You have to adjust. You have to adapt. And like every year something comes out that you're Mm -hmm. just like, all right, I got to learn this. Let's do this. I didn't even have an Instagram before real estate. I was two years into the business and two agents in my office literally forced me to get an Instagram. And now I'm, I hate it because social media, it literally is time sucking and soul sucking some days, but I use it for my business and it is purely a business Instagram, but I also love engaging with people on it. And so, you know, when people talk about like tools and and stuff like that, I just talk to people. So I do silly polls that make me laugh and I assume they're going to make somebody else laugh. Or I just find a way to engage with people because to me, having conversations is just really the entire point of our business is making sure that we're there for somebody while they're making these big choices. So I like to make sure that, yes, I can have the serious education side of it and I have plenty of ways I can provide that to people. But I also like having certain tools like Instagram where Here's the fun side, or here's the the silly, you know, stuff because things happen on showings, and it's fun to show that side of it too. I love following you on Instagram.
1: <laughs> I think um, it's interesting that. You say that because there are so many things that are provided to us and put in our face as real estate agents. Yes, gosh. There's so many. Oh, you got to do video. Oh, you got to do reels. Oh, you got to do this marketing. Oh, this. And, and it can be so overwhelming. But like you just said,
0: pivoting and shifting and trying things and not everything might work for you and you know I think the first few years I had a Facebook already so I was familiar with Facebook so when I was thinking about marketing to people and what tools to use you know every company is going to have exactly what you're saying they all have their different Rolodex of here's what we can offer you and some of it's great I'm also super type A so like I went and made all my own checklist yeah I know you and me get that very well but I made all my own checklists. I made all my own kind of like uh, forms and how I wanted to do my business because I had experience from pre-closing. So I knew what the issues were from a contract standpoint that I wanted to hit. And I had all this stuff from that side, but I was like, that doesn't really help me engage with people. That's just how I do my business once you want to work with me. But how do I talk to you to make sure you know that this is what I'm doing? And that's not really something I think a lot of brokerages hand to their agents uh, and not through any fault of theirs. That's something you have to kind of discover on your own. And yeah, the first two years, I think I did, like, a Facebook business page, which I still have, and everything just feeds there directly. But I realized, like, I didn't really engage with people the same way on Facebook uh, that I do on Instagram. On my Facebook personal page, I engage with people, but it's about personal stuff. So Instagram, for me, has just been a great tool. I know other agents do TikTok or, um, you know, what's that online one where it's, like, um, Matt's in it. Um Clubhouse, Clubhouse. There you go. Every (laughs) everyone's in the Clubhouse. Um, You know, but everyone has different stuff that works for them. And I say go to it. As long as it's the way you can talk to your people, then I say find a way to have fun with it. And then I could circle
1: back to that consistency component, right? Yeah. So you're like, okay, Instagram is working really well for me. I'm able to engage in there. It feels natural. Now I have to consistently show up there.
0: Yeah, and that's the hardest part. I'm not gonna lie because social media, I laughingly say, is a blessing and a curse, but. It is not something that is easy. And, you know, I always thought that people who had a job, to be perfectly honest, as like a social media content creator, you know, five years ago, I was like, this is a ridiculous job title. And now I'm like, oh, my God, can I have one for me? (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I fully understand now. I'm just like, this is a lot. It's daunting. It is a second full-time job. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, but I, I do the videos now, too, and that was a big decision and shift for me because putting myself in front of the camera is not anyone's easiest thing to do, especially because I am a very awkward person. No, you're not. I also am. It's fine. Um, I also, as I mentioned, like to curse a lot and all those things. So I try to like minimize that version. So my videos for the most part um, are education based, but then I started doing the drinks ones. And weirdly enough, those are the ones that people have become way more into. And so now I'm like the boozy realtor, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you know what? You're showing your true side. And people are getting an
1: opportunity to get to know you. And really, when you back out of relationship building, that's what it is. Yes, for sure. It's getting to know you and feeling comfortable with you and them feeling like they see the real side of you. And when people can feel like you're not just a official
0: fa- pay, uh, face on a page, and they're getting to know your personality and what you like. That's where they connect. Definitely. And I mean, you know, I have a lot of really good agent friends. And I feel really lucky because we're very supportive of each other. And even if we're at different brokerages, I think the one thing that we all do really well, because, you know, everything shifts in our our industry so much. And that's just a nature of the business because it's a constantly evolving market, too. So how can you not shift as a brokerage, as an agent, et cetera? But, I do like how when you go on different people's social medias or, you know, clubhouse or TikToks or whatever, everybody has different styles cause they are different people obviously. But I just love seeing how everybody kind of finds their own way to find their own spin on it. And I think that that's really important because you're going to get the same information from a good agent, no matter who they are. Well, you should, at least. We hope. <laughs> like if you're talking about the market right now, how it stands, you and I are going to have the same message. We're just going to show it differently. And you know, you make me laugh because you'll go sit in your car while you're picking up your daughters and you're just having your little moment on the camera. And I love that. I have a professional to do it because I know that when I'm in the car, I'm going to actually start yelling at the guy behind me. So <laughs> <laughs> I try to put myself a little bit of a more you know focused p- position for it. But the, pos- you know, the idea of it is that we're still showing the same message and talking about the same thing. And I love seeing that with different agents because I also love that I can say, hey, my girl Kate is sharing exactly what thoughts are today. And I have no hesitation sharing your comments because I know that they stand in line with mine too. Right. So um,
1: there are is a generation of people probably listening to this, I hope, because it is a podcast and I don't want to <laughs> count them out. I don't want to count them out. There's a generation listening to this that's like, I despise social media. I Which I <laughs> am not going to do TikTok. I am not natural on Instagram. I'm quote unquote too old for this. I'm quoting my mom. And like I tell her office. she's not. I tell my mom she's not. But to someone maybe her age, they feel like it's not natural. I honestly don't feel it's natural for me to be in a front I of a would, camera either. But what would you advise somebody or what could you say to somebody who wanted to build some momentum or some some traction in their business outside of just like obviously newspaper marketing is out. Like you're not going to put your name in the newspaper. I actually business.
0: disagree a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I would say that. Just because you don't do social media doesn't mean there's not other avenues to do it. Like, I do a lot of mailers. I love making monthly postcards. So, uh, you know, yes, it's not a, a newspaper ad, but it is a an ad in a way, right? But, like, I actually sit down and I come up with content every month. Like, you know, I've got October coming up. Anyone can steal this if you want. I'm doing haunted houses because I love Halloween. So, for me... Every month I come up with something and I mail it out to my sphere in Atlanta. And then I have a set you know, quarterly I have like a mailer that goes out to my sphere that's everywhere across the United States. Nice. I also have a monthly newsletter that I do that is digital. So that goes to people all over. And some people are on both lists. Some people are on one. Some people are on two, you know. Everything is kind of fluid depending on who the person is. And then I have some people follow me on Facebook. Some people are on my Instagram. Some people, they only talk to me via, you know, phone calls. So I think that if you're a, quote, older agent or somebody who isn't comfortable with putting your face in, I just think you have to find the way that you connect with your people. So if that is you sitting down and calling every single person you know once a week – that sounds like a terrible use of your time, but do it. You know, I mean, that's not to say you shouldn't call people, but I don't think I could possibly get through every single person I know considering I invited like 150 people to a party a month ago.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's actually the perfect answer. And it's something that I would want to share too, is that for the people who stand in front of say a younger person and say, Oh, well, that's great. You guys are doing Instagram and all these things, but us old people can't do that. That's first of all, that's not true. You They can do that. And I've seen uh, people my mother's age, and I will not divulge her age. (laughs) She's very young, actually. (laughs) I have seen people my mother's age, and my mom is in real estate. Shout out to my mom. Love you, mom. Um, I have seen people her age, excel on social media and have amazing presence there
0: and really great engagement. And I mean, traction. yeah, take Glenda Baker right now, right? Absolutely. She's literally just, I think, in the last two years has in her entire business. I mean, she was already doing fine before, but she's completely pivoted her entire business based off of TikTok. Right. And hey, kudos, right? But not everybody has to do that. And
1: you don't have to. And so I love your answer because you said look, I'm not only using one platform to, to gain momentum in my business. And none of us can do that.
0: No, and I think it that won't if you work. do, you are putting yourself in a position that – like with anything, right? If you only work with buyers, if you only work with sellers, it's the same idea. If you put all your eggs in one basket, if something goes wrong – there goes everything. Or you're and just it, minimizing your touch. And as I as to say, the other part of it is you're actually just not maximizing the ability to reach the people that you could reach. And, you know, if you take uh, when COVID hit in, in 2020, I I mean, like all of us, there was a good two weeks where we were all just like, OK, do I have a job this year? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> so because of that, I yes, decided yes, we, did. You know, we <laughs> turns out, <laughs> in a very different way. But I remember that I was like, you know what? I don't know what this year is going to hold. And I had to make a choice of how I wanted to use my personal marketing budget that I had set up for that year. And I decided to pretty much put a hold on all of my physical mailers because I honestly was like, nobody wants to touch anything. And mm. I just thought to myself, I think everything right now is going to have to be digital. That's the whole reason why I started doing videos, in all honesty. I was doing virtual open houses. And I know I wasn't the only one, but I was one of the first ones that I – have people I knew that were doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing, like, open houses that were live. And I would literally be at the house for an hour on a live stream with people talking to me. Nice. Sometimes I'd have one person. Sometimes I'd have 40 people. But the whole idea of it was – I had to pivot to what was going on, and I had to make a choice for my business. But I had other avenues that I was already working in, so I just leaned into a different one. The second that I realized that people were looking to do things again in 2021, I was like, great, I'm gonna put my physical mailers back out. And you know, it's a variety of stuff, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's real estate based, it's always different. But I immediately jumped back into that, and then I went harder on the videos because I realized everyone's really enjoying Mm -hmm weirdly seeing me be an idiot on camera. So here we go. I know, but I just love to think that I'm (laughs) showing off hopefully better than I am in my head. (laughs) I love your videos. But, you know, I think that we have to just remember everything changes constantly. So we have to just remember to adapt and you have to be consistent in whatever you choose, like we talked about. I think that between those two components, there's really that—that that is the recipe for anyone's success because that was the best advice I was given probably my second year in
1: okay so outside of marketing and I love all your ideas and I hope people are listening and implementing them and I I would encourage some people to reach out to you to to get ideas and and, and hey you can give me ideas too <laughs> and, and brainstorm with you about some of the mailers and things that they might be able to do and um, I personally love when people in real estate are willing to collaborate because like you said definitely Uh, We are all ultimately delivering the same message and getting people to one closing table. Mm -hmm. It's just a different method that we're all getting there. I mean, I actually
0: have a group of agents that we just decided to do a social media campaign, and it's about six or seven of us. Actually, maybe it's eight. I can't remember. Anyways, we're coming up with all the content together, and that's a group of eight people. We have entirely different reaches, different spheres, but we're choosing, you know, you're under the same brokerage that it can be cohesive with branding Mm -hmm. and all that, but... You know we're choosing to make a campaign for ourselves, but we're utilizing each other to make it a little easier so you don't have to come up with right. all of it ourselves. I love that because ultimately all of you are reaching different people anyway. Exactly. So it's like, I think collaboration and finding ways to work with people that you trust and you know, in your, especially in your brokerage, but in your industry in general, that's the easiest way to kind of refresh because I think we've all been Kind of buried this year, and I I know I'm not alone because I've been having this conversation a lot. Like the last couple of months have just felt a little heavy for a lot of agents. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are a little wiped out. A lot of us are feeling just burnt out, and motivation's been really tough. And I actually know a couple of agents that were saying they're like kind of depressed almost. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's because you just came out of this absolute whirlwind for the last year and a half, and then everything paused in a good way, but not in a good way. It just happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's that normalcy coming, it's like whiplash, but that's exactly it. And so I think that something where you can find people that you can just kind of bounce off and be dynamic with, it's so, it's so helpful in a lot of ways because you just feel a little bit more like, okay, I got this. Like I got some people in my corner and these are good ideas and you know what, I'm going to find ways to do it. that it's not going to be breaking the bank for me because I need to make sure that I'm being, you know, fiscally responsible too. Absolutely. So you're being resourceful.
1: One would hope. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. I I would say so, and I think we've talked a lot about marketing, and all those things are fantastic. They're great ideas. Hopefully, people are implementing them, thinking through them. I I I always want to caution people not to overwhelm themselves with any one particular thing. So, like, if you start something, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, these videos
0: are a joke. I hate this. I'm miserable. I'm stressed." Don't do it. Yeah. Well, also, you know, that was hard for me because I think it was my third year, maybe third or fourth year, I can't remember, but I had so many ideas. And I was like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I wanted to do this mailer and I wanted to do these newsletters. And I didn't, I did them, but I don't think I did them as consistently as I should have because I was trying to do it too much at one time. Exactly. And I definitely have shifted now to a place where I've gotten to a much, um, you know, last year my goal was, I don't need to try to roll out 12 different postcards on my first year back of postcards. So I said I was going to do one every other month because then I'll have the templates and then I'll just shift what the look's going to be and what the topic's going to be, but I'll have the templates. So this year I was like, I'll have one every month. And now I have all of those set. And so now every month for the following years, I'll just take the same postcard, but I'll get to... Judge it up do it different pick a different topic whatever mm-hmm. but I'll have the look already kind of hammered out a little bit so you're creating your systems and in layers instead of trying to do everything at once and that's been a massive game changer mm-hmm. so I just revamped my newsletter that's digital um, I had had like the same one for years and I was like it's looking a little rough now <laughs> <laughs> you know things have changed I guess in six years she but got a makeover <laughs> she did a little a glow up as we say but you know it's it's stuff like that where it's like I was good about doing that so it's okay what can I put on top? And then as long as I can keep up with that, what can I add? And so that's really been the bigger thing is I definitely think that for any newer agent or an agent just looking to find some new avenues, don't try to do too much. Pick and choose, get good at it, and then you can add something else in. And also make sure it's within your budget because like that's probably the hardest thing in real estate to me is I'm not a business manager by nature, so mm-hmm. learning how to run your business is a really – big component that nobody really teaches you to be honest. Definitely. And you, know, you and I have had these conversations before because when I first started I was like, "Hey Kate, tell me everything." Oh goodness. <laughs> but I do think that um, you know, making sure every component you build in needs to be really thought out in terms of your budget because, like, I had to put together a full-on marketing budget. Like, I do that now every year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't hit your goals, then that marketing budget has to shift and adjust. So, like, you have to make sure that you're constantly addressing it and adapting it, again, because adaptability is key. So
1: running running your business like a business was another way that you gained momentum (laughs) but it's real and that's something that real estate agents need to be aware of and you know attuned to is you have to run your business like a business to gain the momentum I mean we can start something and you can give it in your first two years your all but if you're not running it like a business and systematizing and being consistent and forming those relationships and pivoting and adapting and being resourceful and attuned to what the people are responding to all these things you've talked about (laughs)
0: Which I think are fantastic, then ultimately it's gonna crumble. And I think that some of the most successful agents that I have seen in the industry, if they were not able to do it for themselves, they have hired the right people to make up for their, I would say, weak spots. And I've always noticed that. And you know, you can be a great agent, but you can be a terrible agent because you're bad at those things. And, you know, there's some agents that I laughingly will say, I look at them and I'm like, you are so lucky that you have so and so in your corner because. Mm -hmm. Your business would not survive without them. But that also, to me, shows how smart they were because they recognized that weakness and they hired the right person and put them in the corner. And I can tell you that there will be a point in anyone's career, and it's different for everybody, that you're going to need to think about that. And I hopefully look forward to that day where I get to hire somebody to do that because Absolutely. I'm too type A right now to give any control to anybody but one day. <laughs> but they, there are people paying attention and filling the gaps that they know that they have. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes you can do it virtually too, which is great in today's world.
1: Absolutely. If you had to give one a a new real estate agent one or two pieces of advice of what you think would be the most beneficial and helpful thing for them to be able to build momentum in their business and
0: get that ball rolling, what would you tell them? I think number one would be show up to everything and anything because that was something that, and I still struggle with it, now, actually, post-COVID, weirdly enough, I'm having to re... I'm a social person. Like, there's never a question about that. But, you know, during COVID, you definitely got used to, it's okay if I cancel, or I don't need to show up, or, like, mm-hmm. we can just catch up later. And you you got a little too comfortable with pushing things off. But, you know, our business is, is people at the end of the day. I mean, we, yes, work in real estate, and you should be a wealth of knowledge and expertise, and you should know your stuff or your clients. But also why would your clients trust you if they don't really have a sense of who you are and you know whether that's showing up to things that's like a friend's party or a housewarming or you know volunteering whatever it is that you do and I'm you know we've definitely talked about being authentic like you should 100% not show up for stuff that isn't you so like I should not be showing up to you know a Christian fundraiser because I'm not Christian. That would be a little bit weird, but I definitely do. You can do. come. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But if I showed up to a Jewish one, that less weird. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm showing up to stuff for CHOA, that's, a, that's something I believe in, right? You know, showing up to things and just physically being there is probably the most important as a new agent. And I think that the second would be um, finding the right support system, whether that's the people, whether that's your broker, whether that's finding... You know, the ARA, I found a great group of people at ARA that I'm so grateful for. Um, I think everybody, you need to find your kind of soft spot that you can just kind of let down your hair and really know that you can talk things out. Because our jobs are very stressful and we get a lot of um, interesting emotional components that come Mm -hmm. with it because we do so many different Things and we wear so many hats. So having that support system is really important and you need to have a group that you can trust in our industry. Amazing, I love it. Everything you said is like golden nuggets.
1: <laughs> and I hope that somebody gets something out of this that either encourages them or helps them just kind of hone in on what they're wanting to do or gives them an idea or inspiration. Me too. <laughs> and I thank you so much for coming in today and giving us your time. And hopefully if people want to look out for you, your name will be in the information under the podcast so they can look you up. But I well wanna... You
0: can also get killer drink recipes on my Instagram. So. Absolutely,
1: no. I, I think people need to check it out and go and follow her. Follow both of us um, because this is you know every again everyone's
0: doing their own unique thing, and it's fun. It's fun to watch other people do. It. I actually will tell you that I love it. And at the end of the day, one of my favorite things is when I'm looking at my real estate friends. is I love seeing how they are just finding ways to connect because it's always different and fun. And I think that if anything, we can just take that from each other and and make it better because we had a rough year. So let's have a little happiness with it. It's been rough. And if there's any place to find inspiration, let's find it. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll see you around.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.